You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's the show that goes around the horn with your Minnesota Twins, with insight from the decision makers in the dugout and in the front office. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. The show is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created, legends are made. We've got pitching coach Pete Mackey in studio here today. And uh, Pete, first of all, your first trip in our studio, but I, I mentioned memories are created. You have some memories through the glass here because your first year up here was the COVID year. You were the bullpen coach, and it was a goofy year for all of us, but a large part of your time was spent here next door in the Champions Club. That it was, yeah. We, uh, because there was more space in the Champions Club here, um, all of our team meals uh, were right behind us here. So. We all spaced out. All spaced we were all spaced out, uh, I don't know, six, eight, ten feet apart. Eating it, fine food. It is not the <laughs> typical welcome to the big leagues. You had an interesting path. College career was great. You, you joined the, the organization as a coordinator, which was a fantastic mm-hmm. position. You were very good at it. And then when you get summoned up in such an odd circumstance, because every kid dreams of the big leagues at some point in their lives, what was the reality, the expectation? I mean, it was just it's a little different, wasn't it? Um, It was, yeah. It was uh, June of uh, 2020. I'm still still in the coordinator role at that time. We were actually up at the Cape. We were on Cape Cod, um, and Rock gave me a call in in uh, late June and said Bob McClure is not going to be able to do um, fulfill his role as bullpen coach. Do you want to do it? And I said yes. You know, right away. I, I wanted to work. I think everybody did. Like there was a it was a an on field job. No one else. College coaches weren't out recruiting. Minor league coaches weren't coaching anybody so if you look back in in june july or sorry july august of that year like we were the only people like playing um so it was great to get a call from rock uh in late june to like just to go work somewhere do something (laughs) yeah that that, that was the and the fact that it was at the uh, major league level was you know icing (laughs) but the work uh, i just wanted i was ready to work at that point we had been at home for you know, months at that point. Yeah, way too long. So you get you get into the big leagues. You ascend last year to the pitching coach role. Your first full year now as pitching coach. I'm going to start with a very broad question that could be answered a thousand different ways. The idea of what the pitching coach role was for a long time, or even as it's perceived now, versus the reality. Because the job is different, I would argue. And teams approach it differently. But how would you describe what your actual job is? <laughs> okay, um... Well, yeah, I think there's uh, there's more that goes into it than maybe most people know. Um, and it starts, you know, right when we get to the park as as far as, you know, preparation for that opponent. You know, we have a meeting on the lineup we're going to face as coaches with our catchers. We started that this year. Um, and by started that, I mean our catchers are now in our in, on our pitching coaches meeting at the beginning of a series. But that's uh, how a day will start. Um it's planning out everyone's throwing progression in terms of what day they're throwing pens, 
what their volume is going to be like, what are they working on in their bullpens, what's the focus, is it execution-based, is it pitch-shape-based. And, and this is 13 different guys you're thinking about in this regard. Yeah, uh, it, it is. I mean, in terms of, like, the pen schedule, and um, that's more for the starters, right? They, they, they're afforded a great opportunity to be have a regular uh, a daily schedule because they know when they're pitching. Um but yeah, planning that, planning that out uh, for guys. Uh, you know, meeting with the, the the guys who threw last night. You know, that that's part of the day too to look at video or not look at video, uh, but just catch up on like what we did well and what we want to do maybe better next time. Um, that's part of the day. Um, so even right just yeah. there, you're talking about, okay, there's a game to play and try to win today. Who's available? How do we best win that game? Yeah. There's how do we make our guys better for the next time they throw? How do we keep them on maintenance physically healthy? We haven't even gotten to the psychology part, right, where you're <laughs> going to be the, the psychologist for, for 13 or 14 of these guys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, you could argue that's uh, more than half of it, right, is make, making sure um, these guys are right up top. Um, a lot of that's reminding them of what their strengths are, <laughs> simply put. Um, I've learned that, you know, the past year or two, like even big leaguers need reminders. Everybody needs reminders. I need reminders. I need my wife to remind me to do something. I, I need that. And these guys need to be reminded that first pitch strikes are important or their slider is their best pitch. So never forgetting that everybody needs reminders and little pushes um, is something that's become more clear to me um, the past few years. So even after, say, Sonny's, not last night, but the start in Seattle, he was frustrated. He said so afterwards. He mm. said, I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. Now, we're talking about a guy who, A, it just hit his 10 years in the big leagues, mm. which is amazing. It's very impressive. B, not talked about enough. Yeah, it, it's a remarkable feat. And, and B is a really astute student of what he does uh, yeah. so how where is your role then in that following a start like that do you let him cool off a bit when do you guys get together and then how do you guys meet to to try to give him one of those nudges or remind him maybe how good he is or help him identify how to get over a little yeah it's i mean it's the next day i, I don't i don't usually don't uh approach guys right after a uh, a bad outing and break it down you know <laughs> everyone's still you know emotional after and not so hot outing so it's always the next day i i meet with guys um in in sunny's case uh after that seattle outing we had a, a late open the next day so i didn't meet with him until two days after but we broke it down and just simplified things um you know going to going to different pitches when Everyone loses feel for a certain pitch from time to time, and you can either try to f uh, make adjustments with that pitch, or you can cut bait and go to something else just because it'll help you get back on time. Um, so that was something he and I talked about um, being at that fork in the road because it, you know, it was a slider against Seattle that just wasn't landing. So, so can we use a different pitch to, to rediscover this? Can we use a cutter? Can we use a curveball? Can we use a, just a good old four seam down and away, like which is a strength of his, right? Um, you know, just to get back into counts, get back ahead, and then go back to the slider. But he'll tell you, you know, he got a little stubborn and kept cranking it, and <laughs> it kept going left, <laughs> and like it always does, because um, he, you know, he really spins the ball great. Um, so that that was it there, you know. 
you have more information available to you than ever before in the history of the game, right? There's tons of it. And you're incredibly well-schooled in how to manipulate that information, how to use it as an indicator of, you know, potentially what's happening, how to shape pitches, all of these things. But there's also, we're still human beings who have to, 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 to do the game. How is that, that area, between the information and the human side, is that the, the, the hardest part to navigate? I think so, I think so. You just have to pick, like, the most important thing. You have to pick the most landable um, piece of information or two, right? Like, <laughs> you can look at, uh, there's about eight different ways to look at quality of contact by, by pitch type. It's like, which one lands with this guy? Um, so you like to look at OPS against by pitch? Well, we'll use that, you know. We use the information that they that gets them to buy in the most. So that that's how I view it. Um, it may not be the most uh, precise, right? Is WOBA better than OPS? Yes, it is. Are they about the same? Yes, they are. And if a guy doesn't doesn't resonate with WOBA, then maybe I should quit trying to throw WOBA at him. Correct, it. yeah. So it's it's picking out the most important pieces because sure. we could inundate them with information. And some guys want a lot um, and need a lot and can handle a lot and some guys um don't want as much especially when they're you know during the game right that's a that's that's a challenge for for everyone um by everyone i mean all other 29 other pitching coaches in the league like how much information does a guy need during the game do you stay off him do you just talk to the catcher do you talk to him every inning some guys want to just get it off their chest um, whatever it is, it just helps them. That's their natural state is to be talking in between innings, and some guys want to be quiet, want to be left alone. So just learning learning that is that's a challenge for everybody. Something new every single day. Pete Mackey, he's the pitching coach. It's a simple title. It is not a simple job. Pete Mackey's our guest here on Inside Twins. We'll take a break. We'll come back and talk about some of the other folks involved in what we refer to as the pitching room here with the Minnesota Twins. That's next on your home for Twins baseball. We're back with more Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. It's locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created, how legends are made. Pitching coach Pete Mackey is with us. Uh, his troops will try to complete a sweep of the Chicago White Sox here today. Bailey Ober, who has been a model of consistency, will be on the mound uh, for Pete to uh, start things off here today against the White Sox. Uh, I want to talk about some of the faces behind the scene a little bit. We hear about the pitching room a lot. and. Obviously, as we detail, this is a job that you need more than one person no to, to attack. Colby Suggs is your bullpen coach. you got uh, Luis Ramirez as well. Uh, there's even people further behind the scenes who are integral in everything you do every day. Introduce us to some of those guys. Yeah, uh, Colby Suggs, our bullpen coach, has been with the Twins uh, since 2019. He started in an advanced scout role and did that for uh, three years. Um, he's great. Uh, he's an awesome bullpen coach. He understands that role from a player standpoint. Um, and as people may not realize, he was a stud at Arkansas. He was. He was drafted. He got injured after pitching a couple of. He used uh, to throw hundred miles an hour. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's been awesome. Um, and we have a really good. Um, we think we think about things the same way in terms of. Uh, breaking down opposing uh, lineups, what what the pitch plan is. We speak the same language, so that's really helpful, right? We've known each other now for, shoot, five years. Um, so 
we have a good, good really good chemistry. Um, Louis Ramirez was uh, a pitching coach um, at the minor league level when I was a coordinator. So um, known Louis since 2017, the winter 2017. Louis awesome. I need him. He's in the dugout with me. I lean on him. Um, at also the during the, the best games, hats. yeah. He he has the hat box that he carries and boots uh, and the boots. He is a dapper man. He's a vaquero. <laughs> it looks yeah. good. Yeah. So, um, Louie and Suggs, uh, yeah, they're the best. I mean, they they really help me. Uh, they help me a ton in terms of just like the structure of the day. It's it's way too much for one person to do. Um, and they take on a lot, and they don't get enough credit. Um, they do an awesome job. Uh, you know, this goes to Justin Willard, our pitching coordinator. It, it, it does fine work um, with our minor league uh, pitchers. Josh Kalk is a guy um, who works on the pitching side. He's one of our VPs, but I lean on him daily um, for advice or what would you do here. Martine, our biomechanist. Um, I lean on uh, pretty much daily. Hey, what are you seeing here on on this pitch? Why? What, what do you think on the higher velos versus the lower velos? Are you seeing anything that's different within this picture? Um, there's a ton of people that really are behind what we do pitching wise. I go back to when Jeremy Hefner was in that advanced scout role, and the bullpen guys all referred to him as the weapon because they said he was the secret weapon uh, that uh, that was doing all well, a bunch of work behind the scenes. He was great, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hef- was awesome. Um, so that role is not a role that even gets listed anywhere, but it's a role that is critical to the success of, of teams. Yeah, and Harry Welsh yep. is doing it now and doing a great job, and but I throw a lot at him, and a lot of times there's time pressure. Hey, I'm meeting with this guy in 10 minutes. we got to do get his lineup, make this change his lineup notes, and he performs uh, – under time pressure all the time um he's been great but yeah that advanced role is really important um uh it's un- it's unheralded unheralded and underrated and uh, terry's done an awesome job yeah and again that that is a critical part of this structure of what of what's going on let's go back now kind of more to how you got here uh, you pitch at Franklin and Marshall. By the way, I, I looked it up. Oh boy. Uh, famous Franklin and Marshall diplomat alums. Uh, you got Ray <laughs> Scheider, Jaws, F and M guy. True. Uh, one of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was an F and M guy. I knew so that. That was like that. a thing. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. My Louis Kuhn, year. Commissioner of Baseball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was a diplomat, and then Wolves coach Chris Finch. So have you reached across uh, like a secret diplomat handshake to the coach of the Timberwolves, Chris Finch? I have. I had no idea. What year did he graduate? I, I don't know. I'm gonna, you put me on the spot. But you're going to have to check the alumni guide on that one. I am going to have <laughs> to do that. You're pitching at Franklin and Marshall, mm-hmm. and you end up forging a great bond with your coach. Yes. And he helps get you to New Haven, and then he brings you to Columbia. Yes. That's kind of where it all started for you? Yeah, Brett Beretti. Yeah, he's he's one of the best in the country. He could coach anywhere uh, in the country. He could be a big league manager, bench coach, Florida State. Um yeah, he's at Columbia. He's been there for shoot since twenty uh, two thousand five. But yeah, he was my college coach, and it was just uh, by chance uh, that I was recruited by a guy named Mark Cole, who in uh, August of two thousand 
we were informed that he was not going to be the head coach anymore. It was going to be Brett Beretti, an assistant from uh, Davidson. Actually, he was at Brown at the time, Davidson to Brown. So it was just uh, the classic uh, college baseball pipeline, Davidson to Brown. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a new guy. You're going in fresh face with a guy who hadn't recruited you. Right, And it right. turned into a lifelong relationship. Turned into a lifelong relationship, a mentorship. Um, you know, I, I will find myself thinking, uh, what would Brett Beretti do um, in, in uh, challenging times? Um, you know, I, I I can't understate how important he's been to me. He basically gave me every chance uh, I had early on. I, you know, he got me a, a temp contract in the Cape. Um, when I was playing, which to me was a huge deal and really the highest level I ever got to play at. Um, he uh, got me in touch with Raph Serrato at New Haven um, to give me my first you know, job in college, my first gig in college. He brokered that. Um, he gave me my first job at the Division One level. He played with Chris Pollard at Duke. Um, so that's why I, I ended up working at Duke after Columbia. So like basically every um, opportunity I had um, for much of my career is kind of I owe to him. How fun is it now when you go to say Yankee Stadium and you call him up and say, "Hey, hey, Skip, you know you want to come on up to a ballpark? I'm working today." Yeah, that's cool. Um, we tried to meet up um, the last couple times didn't work. I think he they had a rain out and they were playing Princeton. He was gonna. We were going to meet up, but couldn't because of that. And the year before, we had a rain out in New York, and we had a doubleheader. We had plans to meet up for uh, lunch or breakfast, but couldn't because we had a doubleheader. So um, we've always had plans <laughs> to meet when we've been in New York, but just hasn't worked because they're playing too. Mm -hmm. It's been in April, I think, um, when we've played there. And the year before, it was September, and I don't, it just <laughs> hadn't worked out. I saw him at Fenway, though. He so came nobody, to a game nobody gets to the major leagues by themselves, and and he's uh, you obviously list off several people who have helped you along the way, but mm -hmm. your immediate family first and foremost, right? When you decide to go from a college job to a pro job, uh -huh. your wife, your kids that that's not a, a, a small thing for the right. Mackey family. Right. How has that gone over? Well, it's a baseball. They're all baseball jobs, so as. As a college coach, you're gone a lot too, recruiting wise. Because as a college coach, you are a full-time scout. You're a scouting. You're the scouting director for that program, and you're also a coach. So, um, me being away um, for periods of time uh, for my work is not not a new thing. Um, and the coordinator job is is pretty nice in terms of you get to make your own schedule throughout the throughout the year. So, I was gone a lot as a coordinator. Um, but I could always be back for birthdays or Fourth of July or shoot. We even took a, va a summer vacation in July of wow. uh, unprecedented 2019, um, which is not <laughs> something I can do right now. Um, so there's a and the twins w were were great from the get on on um, family flexibility, and that was. One of the main reasons I left my post at Duke is because I wasn't going to be a 25 out of 30 days on the road. Um, you know, uh, among other things um, that I was really attracted to with, with the Twins uh, and their leadership. But 
Um, yeah, and to get back to your original question, I've been uh, traveling a lot for my work for a, for a long time. Um, you know, Columbia's a national r- recruiter, right? We, we go all over the country to get players. Duke the same because they're both, like, national brand name academic powerhouse schools. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the transition wasn't too much of a transition really in terms of, like, This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Family life and time away from home. I've I've been doing that for uh, quite a while. So Um, now we get the Minnesota Mackeys and then the North Carolina Mackeys in the winter. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, they're up here with me during the season. And uh, but our permanent residence officially is still in, in Durham. Yep officially all right that's pete mackey we got one final segment we'll look at a little bit to what's going on today here at target field talk a little bit about bailey ober and some of the other twins hurlers next on your home for twins baseball it's our final segment of inside twins the pregame lineup card coming up next and then it's the twins tangling with the white Sox, looking to break out the brooms and sweep their division rivals been great to have pete mackey here in studio today twins pitching coach and bailey ober is going to pitch today pete and bailey last start Boy, it was rat-tat-tat in the first inning. He limited the damage, and he credited you afterwards with getting him back on the rails. What what was that conversation like when he came off after the first? It was you're, something to the extent of you're at a fork in the road right now. You can choose to keep attacking and choose to keep making them swing the bat early in the count, or you can pitch to the edges because you don't think your stuff's good today. What are you going to choose? No, he chose to attack, and it went really, really well for him the rest of the way. Right. And that kind of apes what Sonny said last night. He, he said that last night, even when he got into a little bit of a hiccup there in the first inning, he specifically chose to stay in attack mode the rest of the way. Right, and I'm, I'm really happy he did that. Because <laughs> it's just in our favor always if we choose to throw it over the plate in the air before two strikes because hitting's hard and everyone forgets that from time to time these guys are in the major leagues for a reason they're all unique they'll have special pitches and sometimes after a couple of loud contact hits you think that you have to throw pitches to the black the whole time and it's just like not the truth that's one of those reminders you're talking about correct yeah yeah um that was the first day of uh, spring training. I stole this from the Phillies pitching coach, Caleb Cotham. I heard him speak at a at an event this offseason. But if you go look up and see, like, the results on middle-middle pitches in the big leagues, you can search for this stuff and have it instantly. And you look at middle-middle pitches, all every pitch in the big leagues that was thrown last year, so last year, 2022, Five percent of middle middle pitches are hit for extra bases. Throw it over, <laughs> right? And then seven percent are singles, and the rest is swing and miss, take foul ball outs. Pretty good number. Well, it's just like I think that when I heard it, I said, "Oh man, I have to share this with everybody I know," um, and I did. 
<laughs> and 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 we just need to always get back to reminding ourselves like it's hard to hit. Even when they try to throw it down the middle, it doesn't end up there. You just give yourself the most margin for error. And we're not doing it with all heaters too, right? We want to mix mix our pitches in all counts, any pitch, any count, but not be too fine with where we're trying to go before two strikes with all, with our pitches. That's good stuff from Pete yeah. Mackey. Pete, we appreciate having you in studio. Have a good time of it here today with uh, Bailey on the bump. And we'll catch up again down the road. Pete Mackey, our guest on Inside Twins. Stick around. Pre-game lineup card next on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.